The amount of karma that you're eating in every burger is just so much larger than you than you're appreciating. And I think and I the think same is fucking absolutely true of every single like morsel of every single lettuce you bite into. I genuinely do because I think that plants have consciousness in this world. I just do. Like I, I don't think I think that that's like this. I think that's why it bugs me is because I actually legitimately think the way you view that is a false view between plants and animals. And I, and I think it's just that's actually a misunderstanding of how the of, of us is. I think you're not giving plants enough credit and you're overvaluing and under misunderstanding animals. I'm not giving plants. Yes. Enough you think credit. you're getting off karmically scot free because you're torturing plants and killing plants. Darwin. You're going to say, oh, wow, Darwin's trolling me because Darwin, free speech sister. deserves to be defended. Do you not believe in the idea of GDP and aggregate demand? You are 100% wrong here. I know you don't like I'm it. You, I'm telling you to start thinking about reality and not what you want to be true. <laughs> Welcome to Lofty Darwinism. I uh, bogarted the, uh, the bring in this time. Um, <laughs> Matt. How you doing, man? It's been uh, it's been a while since we've recorded because I've uh, been dragging my feet on the uh, episode. Well, you've been <laughs> out you've been out and about, right? You know, it's uh, got a <laughs> lot of yeah. You've been out, you know, all over LA. Here, LA's open. It's really a good place to be. A lot of good, a lot of sensible, uh, lot of sensible decisions being made. I mean, look now, mm-hmm. now honestly, like I think there's a lot of grace and mercy that has to be had on all sides in this, but. Uh, Yes, mm-hmm. you know there is an overreach to some degree. I think that you would like to complain about. Can I? Can I? Can I lead you in there? Can I? Can I? Can I lead you <laughs> to the overreach, Darwin? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, but I feel like this is where this is like one of those moments where it's really good to like not have like too many tribal loyalties because I feel like a couple, like both sides, have like picked up a couple of like good ideas and then twisted them to their own effect. Now, don't get me wrong. Trump is clearly the idiot in the room, so I'm not losing sight of that. But I feel like this mask thing is maybe a little little bit more of a complex oh, issue than complex. people. Like, I feel like people, like, it's kind of like he's such a stupid man that him him liking an idea automatically makes everybody assume that it's a stupid idea. But it's not necessarily, like, like, I like, think. It takes I think a while to we, explain, and it's hard to, and it took us a while to get there because we've never had to do it before, which is. But it's also like it's it's a lot. There are a lot of unknowns, and I think that's like a very important component of it. Like we don't really know that much about what these masks are doing to protect us. Even with what we know, it's pretty clear what what the basic guidelines should be in the sense of like even if its minimal effectiveness is such, what we know is if it's a fresh piece of cloth, it's at least minimally effective for a short period of time versus nothing. Right? If you rebreathe it for too long. It is potentially more harmful to you and someone else. The best are the N95 or better masks that are fitted. But if you don't fit them right, they're not that effective and they're problematic. And again, if you breathe through them wrong and they become their own infection, they become problematic for people. And outdoors, you have very little chance of catching the virus. So may not not be necessary outdoors. Does that sum it up? Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's the that's part of it. There's also, I think, a very strong, like, positive case to be made for the concept of, like, freedom and autonomy from state incursion into your personal life that comes up in a moment like this. You're basically talking about the need for collective mobilization, collective action, and that isn't something I think that we should all, like, enter into 
with complete effortless ease. Like we, th- we th- are fight back. And Darwin, sometimes well, they're not. Right. Even, okay, no. Here, I totally get but you. It's not it's even good okay, to fight okay, back. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's literally the store itself making that decision, not the government, and the person is fighting back against that. And you know what? One of two things has to be true because that's how we've set up this government. Either the property owner gets to choose how to use their property, especially if they're serving the public, uh, you know, based on how they want to, if the government hasn't made a decision. Or the government has made a decision for that. Or if the government hasn't made a decision, it is to let the property owner basically make that decision. Right? And that's not like, it's not well, oppressing okay, that, that, you. That, that, when- that's the logistics. I'm talking about the actual underlying idea about whether we should be wearing masks at this rate with this amount of public shaming of those who don't. Oh, and no, again... No. Trump as president touring a facility that requires masks and not wearing a mask is just a dick move. Yes. Right? So he's just – he's fucking trolling with that, um, being an asshole. But, okay, so nevertheless, he's still using it shamelessly to pursue a – like to push an idea that is actually a much – like a much better idea, which is to say that with this many unknowns, having this massive – um, just like move to wear masks unilaterally all the time is not something we should necessarily say is the correct answer. Okay. And I, like ba- the more the more the information comes out, the the way that like they're not like I, wh- okay. Here's here's my only question to you. Like, what do you make of the fact right now that that Florida is not experiencing like the massive spikes in deaths that everybody expected them to after Ron DeSantis refused to issue lockdown I mean, for like a week or more after everybody else? The, the 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 thing is like they were always our hottest human state, so like that's always part of the virus theory of colds and flus and all of that sort of stuff, right? So we haven't had uh, we haven't had we there are there real we we have there is some evidence that yes it will tamp down as it warms up to some degree right and we well okay what what one one other fact that i just really want to make sure i highlight before you launch in is one of the big reasons i think that there's a difference in the death toll between florida and new york is because florida did enact a lot of uh regulations around nursing homes yeah and new york was extremely good about getting people to wear masks, shut down businesses, all those things. Or actually not extremely good, but, but you know, like pretty good. But they were terrible with nursing homes. They sent sick patients back to nursing homes to free up hospital beds. And so you ended up with nursing homes that had a 50% mortality rate in some cases. And you know, like it, that's where all the people, the deaths are coming from. And that's from. the problem of being first essentially all the time, right? The big – okay. So the, they, they have our highest population density in the country – period right so they were always going to be our biggest problem um and, and like and, and on top of that they got hit hardest first um you know and and and, on, and like and we've talked about china and their response and that's equally true for china right china's incredibly population dense um incredibly public transit and public you know or like it, it, you know, it's, it's, and yes, so they, they lie. We, it's, we're not, we don't have to get back into this, right? But like those two areas had it first, had the worst susceptibility, and then we're part of the modeling out, right? And then, and then you get Northern Italy, which is closer to the United States generally, but then is also first with the terrible outbreaks. And you learn, and all the modeling from the early stuff was just wrong because all models are wrong. Some models are useful. And guess what? We like, 
and we had to keep changing them. Like the, the rate at which we had to keep changing our best guess was insane. You realize that, right? Like we, we look back at like from March now, and that's part of the mask thing too, right? So initially it was sort of game theory and sort of science, right? They knew the science was mixed on masks, right? And, but they also knew that if you said masks were more effective than not, which may be true, that people would just go crazy potentially on them. And they had not thought, hey, try cloth masks for some reason. They didn't think about how easy that freaking was. And then they were effective. They actually weren't sure they were effective, right? So then they're like, they get through all that. And then um, the countries that used masks had lower rates of spread, uh, according to some studies, right? So people started to see that. People started needing something to do. Cloth masks started to become available, and that started to be the push, right? Okay, sure, but look, it's not just whether this is the right call or not. It's it's when is this the right call, and I think that's an important oh, never, ever, aspect always here. And never. We're we're basically in phase two now. You know, phase one was flatten the curve. Phase two is what do you do now? We're not going to have a vaccine anytime soon. I don't think there's any going. There's going to be any new information that fundamentally changes the game. Like, I don't think we're going to really learn any, any hard science data in the next 12 I, months that will well, really be disagree. a huge shock. There'll be tons of data. We, they don't think we should wait for it, but there'll be tons of that coming out. Well, there's a little data here and there, but, like, again, there, like some of the no, data. No, no, no. There are literally more – the weeds talk about – there are literally more papers being written about this right now. Like, then it's insane the kind of data and the kind of science going into understanding this. And guess what? It's all really early. And so we don't know. Well, exactly. It's it, and, and that's my point is it will be early for a long time. There isn't any reason, I think, to imagine that we will get like Brazil. some sort of clearly this policy works and this policy doesn't Brazil work. Brazil is going to be very, very interesting as they have their outbreak starting right now because they're heading into their fall. Right? We have not seen a major country head into their fall with an outbreak going into the worst to the worst part of their flu season. And they're a majorly they're a major uh, you know country the population density in a bunch of their cities you've got the slums, you've got all that but they've also got hot and humid parts of it so you're going to see changes you know through all that. It's it's going to be interesting and guess and like we don't know enough and we and we'll never really know enough and it's, that's well, the thing. But, uh, I just think that this is turning from less from a health conversation into more of like a mental health slash well, then let me uh, ask you. individual rights conversation. You know, it, it, like in order to guard against death, like there are all sorts of things like draconian policies okay. we could do to reduce all sorts of deaths, you know, but we're, what is the price of doing okay, that? Let me ask and now you we're that. in let at me, that moment with this Let one. me ask you, and this will be the scale because – I think the Russian COVID minister said it best. Uh, those who are meant to die will die. Uh, everybody dies. That was literally his statement. Now, that is obviously true, but completely fucked from a health minister. Because, like, you have some role in that ratio, obviously, right? Well, and and so many of those doctors seem to be keep falling out of windows. Weirdly enough, right. I, there seems to be a large case of like, this is true. Like there are there, I think, been two or three doctors who have fallen out of windows. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and so 
It's, it's so dark. Um, and so, on the scale from eventually everybody dies to, hey, you're not leaving your house for 12 months, we're having to figure it out, right? Yes, very and, much and, so. And, yeah. and like... And it's and it's and it's breaking along partisan lines in weird ways that feel entirely arbitrary to me. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, like it, it, it's if it, it, this is an important question. You know, like it is is the the the, the small possibility that saving somebody by wearing a mask is that enough to force everybody to wear masks? I know it's more gray area than that, like virtually everywhere, but that's kind of still sort of what we're asking ourselves. Yeah. Here's when the real question is going to come. Cause I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but you want to tell me they're going to have a, <coughs> a vaccine potentially ready in the fall that, that, that like they put a billion dollars to AstraZeneca today for that. Like Darwin, do you want to take that vaccine? You know, it's interesting. I, I've already had this conversation, and everybody in the group said they were not going to take the vaccine. I'm not even an anti-vaxxer. I think you should <laughs> vaccinate your kids. But my, my, but I also understand the fucking deep flaws of science because, like, science is our best statistically proven guess at all times. And so, you know why you're saying that everyone's in different places, Darwin? Because we have absolutely no certainty, and so certainty is arbitrary right now. Pinned to how you've seen and how you are parsing the data in the context of the world we're in. And that's always true, but, but usually there's a lot more precedent to hold us to the last thing that happened. And this is not that. And it's, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's it. Well, it's a world of unknowns, you know. It's a world of unknowns, and it's scrambling our partisan makeup. I think it, it, not 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 roiling necessarily, but but a huge shift. Let's say I, I I think that the concept of right the Republican Party so, being just this anti-immigrant party, which it still is, you know, but. But their major issue now is something much more no, tangible. No, it's now Obamacare. It's something that they can it's actually. Now Obamacare. Oh my God! I can, no, don't it's be, literally now sixty percent of fucking Fox News coverage is now Obamacare. I feel like this is okay. Now, but before like, we get there, I, I, before I just, we get I'm there, I'm so good at like just scrolling no, past we, that you shit. Can't, because like, before we get there, Darwin, I have to ask you how much shame I personally deserve for today. Okay. Because, like, Amarillo is a hot spot in certain areas, and it's, like, freaking weird, and we're kind of in a libertarian... It's, I don't know what to think about here right now, right? I do not know what to think about my hometown and where I live. So I went to go pick up um, uh, groceries at Sam's and do curbside pickup at Walmart, right? I thought it was curbside at both of them. So, I, I mean, I had a mask in my car, uh, but I wasn't thinking about it because it wasn't going into either store in my, my mind, right? And so, but then I, when I went by the, the person at the front was like, oh yeah, you got to pull up and then you got to come into the front counter to get your stuff. And I went in and I just went into the store and, went deep, and I didn't have my mask on because I didn't grab it because it's still not instinctual necessarily at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm in the middle of this fucking store and some people have them on and some people don't. 
And I'm like violating my own morals. And I'll be honest with this. I really was. And I was just sitting there just like, I'm ducking from people. Like I'm trying not to face them. Like what if, you know, like we don't know. I could be an asymptomatic carrier. We, none of us know anything. Right. And, and like, I, it, it, and I do think it, it is a much bigger problem in recirculated air. Well, that's just been proven. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. so, no, I, yes. So yeah, how much, definitely. how much shame do I deserve in that moment? Uh, you know, for, for violating even what I would say was best practice. Cause I, I, I think it was, I know, I know I felt like in the wrong and like, I don't think I really in the moment corrected to the best thing, which is to just have walked out of the store and got my mask. I was so, you well, know, Matt, Matt uh, let, let me ask you, what, what is the utility of shame? Potentially, like, well, broad, really, actually, let's it's have really an abstract important. conversation actually, about that for a moment. It is, it, in theory, when it's useful, it is actually keeping people to a common standard that keeps the herd protected, right? That's what it's for. So, like, right now is part of what that's for. If masks were effective and it kept the mm-hmm. herd healthy, shaming to keep masks, if shame was a thing anymore, and it might not be, because, like, when shamelessness is broken at the top, it doesn't matter for the, you know, it breaks down from there, right? But like shame is deeply important for humans. It also can be deeply toxic. And, and, and mm-hmm. right now we're, we're fighting that battle. And, and uh, do you, like, I feel that what is true on the macro is also true on the micro level here. It, it, it's, it, we, we deal with shame directed towards self all of the time. And I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I felt a lot of rage during this lockdown. Mm-hmm. Have you? I've been very angry a few times, really, really angry for sure. And uh, but I think honestly, like um, as you talk about how we deal with that towards ourselves, like I think I dealt with a lot of that anger at myself through my eating back in the day. Like I was, I was getting through that in my body earlier. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was so. Like yeah. I'm not taking this time out on my body in the same way. In fact, I'm actually kind of able to process it towards some level of productivity, even though it's you know sort of manic and like it's a mixture of do three things for the house that we need and buy something for myself that I kind of want to think to like balance myself out and do three, three more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that, you know, like yeah. not necessarily I need it. Do I want it? Can I justify it? You know, like, you know, it's going to be fine, you know, but it's just all those things as I'm just managing through days a little bit. And, 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 um, I feel equipped, but also it, I also feel like acceptance is a bitch and there's so many moths. Everyone in Amarillo right now understands what I'm saying. There are so many moths in Amarillo. They're all oh, over the yeah? place. They are all really? one just hit my leg. It's creepy. Super creepy. The, wow, that's that, the, uh, what type of moth? All types like, of moths, like little, little and t- big sometimes. All, There's just so many oh, moths. Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds fun. Oh, it's a blast, dude. It's a freaking <laughs> At least blast. there are no murder hornets right there. You know, they're near they're closer to you, I think. <laughs> No, but okay, seriously, like, you know, I, I think that we've, we're in a mental health crisis right now, but also maybe like a, a potential, f- like for an actual reckoning of sorts, right? Because I, I think that we've all been carrying a lot of shame around with us, either that we're projecting out towards others or that we're inflicting upon ourselves or that we're mm-hmm. receiving from others. Uh, it's It's been a... A, a a a long time coming and i think that we're kind of at that point right where like is there such a thing as shame which there definitely still is but it looks different you know it doesn't always work obviously if if shame worked trump would not be president 
he would have been impeached, you know, <laughs> like on a certain level, there's a lot of like layers here. So I think the real best place to start is like your own personal relationship to how you, you interact with the shame that you put on yourself. Right. You know, like, and so let's ask ourselves, like, what is the level of shame you should feel right now as to going into a store without your mask? I mean, and this is a person. Oh, so again, all the, okay. So coronavirus, like you talk about the reckoning. All of the stuff that is true now that coronavirus is happening was fucking true before coronavirus. And like, have you realized that? Have you come to that realization? That like, we've always had sicknesses. We've always had problems. We've always needed a social safety net. We've always had a shame issue. We've been dealing with a shame crisis before now. We've had this discussion. The PC culture, the cancel culture, that's a shame crisis. That's all that is. You know, everything from Justin Sacco mm-hmm. all the way through now. All of the, like. You know, all of that. So, I mean, I hear my dad's voice in my head, which I use to make myself better at times, but have to shut off for performance in the moment when I'm playing a sport, right? And um, mm-hmm. and, and it's a real balance between, you know, using it to train and, and contemplate my actions versus actively getting in the way of being negative to myself, Right. Right. And, and to be clear, before, like the shame crisis was happening before Justine Sacco. Yeah. It just was kind of coming from the other direction. Like the, back in the Bush years, those were the days or, or, or even like early like Obama years. It, like those were the days where like Lush, Rush Limbaugh would like be calling uh, a, a, somebody a slut yeah. on, on radio, you know, where there was just this this in, intense sex shaming. Um, How you know, dare you assault my president as the Dixie Chicks, you know, like. You know that that right, like that yeah, kind like of patriot shaming that that type of yeah like like pearl clutching and then I feel like at some point in the middle of like Obama being elected and and the sense that like he was like this is where culture's at bitches it the, the, like we stopped being okay with like slut shaming everybody and so we switched over to shaming people for not being woke enough and and that like i feel like we just transitioned seamlessly from that culture into this new culture because like we always have to have somebody's head that's the thing like it's a controversy it's what keeps us together as humans right there is there is a there is a there is a profit motive to the shame culture in every possible direction and all the cycles that it manifests right all of the criticisms mm-hmm. of peace, like that are being labeled, all the gender, all of the stuff was true beforehand and has real deep, important truths to it. It is being yeah. used at times by assholes for pure godlessness. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's now, now it's performative shame right. culture. You know, like, like at some point it just became so ridiculous that, that it became performative and Trump is the ultimate performing shame like, monster. Like he pretends to get offended by every little slight and it's so fucking stupid. Dude, I mean, again, I mean, but if you were the victim of Obamagate, man, you too would feel as though you were that slighted. Okay. And by Obamagate, <laughs> I mean, you were rightfully being looked at. For having so many ties to Russia and hiring Paul Manafort and Carter Page and it being like, holy crap, why is Michael Flynn Dude, talking to everybody and saying crazy shit? This is like the exact same thing as if we were talking about there was an O.J. Simpson gate. You know, like, oh, like they took the, took him aside and they prosecuted him. And, and, and boy, that God was like, hopes. we got to see what happened there. Like, I can only <laughs> hope that the number of people... 
who now admit, regardless that OJ did it, of all races. Just like they will admit that Trump was a god awful president the second he's gone. Right. Like they'll be like, yeah, sorry. Like, you know. Like, so, 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 you know, oh, so, do we want to talk about uh, my race here at Amarillo? What just happened? Yeah. So yeah, uh, we're going to have, in. we're going to have Gus. In. I'm helping Gus out, post for Gus. You know, so you guys see that on Facebook. He's a friend. Um, and um, he, uh, had, he, he was the, the leader coming out of the primary and that forced a runoff because he didn't get 51% of the vote. Um, his opponent, um, just before that election, like three days before, had a story run about him, uh, accusing him of child molestation of his stepdaughter. Well, pretty well documented with text and everything. Um, uh, he loses and then he proceeds to drop out of the race saying that he, because he has cancer and saying he's done. Um, you know, I follow up because I'm, I care about Gus and I'm working with him. Uh, if he's going to file the paperwork to get him off the ballot, because you either have to actually run a runoff campaign or we can focus on the general, right? One of two things is true here. And he was being lazy mm-hmm. about it. And he told Steve's like, oh, I guess you'll just have to see. And so he was just, he kept his name on the ballot, even though he told reporters, and we got this clarified, so that was beautiful. He told reporters that, oh, I dropped out after it was possible to remove my name from the ballot, yada, yada, yada. When that's not true, we literally gave him the forms. We told him where to send it. We followed up, people followed up multiple times with him. It was like a little bit of a time constraint, but it was completely doable. The Secretary of State knew to look for the paperwork, right? Like the person that, like, uh-uh. part, all of that was true. So then he comes back into the race. I get a text from a, a reporter, like, hey, you still working with Gus? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, she's like, what's up with Greg? Is he back in the race? I was like, no, he dropped out. He's probably just too lazy to take his name off the paperwork. And then I find out he goes to Wichita Falls and announces to them first that he's getting back in the race. And because he thinks Gus is going to drop out because Gus is secretly working with the Republicans. Now, Darwin, you know me. Am I secretly working with the Republicans? Like, I like some Republicans. I like, and I'll be honest, I'll tell, I, I like, I, I think I, of the two of Ronnie Jackson and Josh Weingartner, I'd prefer Josh Weingartner. I'd prefer Gus to Josh Weingartner, right? But I really mm-hmm. don't want Ronnie Jackson on top of all things, right? What were you going to say, Darwin? You go <laughs> oh, my here. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like, I, 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 I feel intrigued by the, by like the, the, the local politics that I'm unfortunately at a distance from, you know, here in Los Angeles. But it does sound like, first of all, this man, what is it, Sagan? Yes. Uh, uh, he seems like just a very odd duck. Yeah. Oh, dude. Right. So I mean, odd. Does, thinks, like, like, is are Democrats in Amarillo just like? self-hating do they just no, want he, this he weird Dude, he, no one likes him he, he doesn't run hard <laughs> enough no one likes him where where is he from he's from where amarillo he, he was where, a columnist in amarillo for a long time um he's 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 from somewhere else but he, he's been here for a long time um he ran last time he did a terrible job i literally voted for mac thornberry i voted for mac thornberry because he was such a bad candidate i can't vote for a candidate who doesn't work right that guy doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And and okay, so but, 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 let me ask you what what's the case for Gus? Gus, I you know I don't know okay, Gus, Gus all is, that well. Okay. Like, uh, is he going to come on? Is yeah, he Gus will come, come on, on the, the podcast? podcast. So the biggest case for Gus, there's a lot of great cases for Gus, is all the stuff I'm having to coach Gus on are all the things I really don't want, or like all the reasons I want Gus to be 
in office to some degree because he is genuine. He's listening. He's always considering everybody, everybody's point of view before he makes a decision. He's not just putting himself first. He puts community first. He puts other people first. He knows how to make himself not the biggest person in the room, but make other people bigger around him. And, and in a way that he, I see him continue to grow. Right. Um, and I, and I saw it in college and I, and I saw it when I saw him in DC and when he came back here, we first had a discussion. And by the way, our first discussion we had was when, uh, I mean, we had lost discussions, but the first about this was when Greg Sagan tried to hire him for his campaign. And Gus was like, no, I don't think I want to do that. I don't want to work for you. So now that, uh, you know, he thinks he's monumentally unqualified. We'll talk about that later, you know? Um, and then, so Gus, I proceed to see him get stronger on this and, and get better. And then, announce get over the line um do his first speech which had so much positive and so many things to improve upon like i remember as behind the scenes with like you know lauren i love working with candidates but i love working with candidates who care and gus cares right and gus had all the right ideas in his opening speech to all our first donors he just didn't know how to put them together in the right you know he had like these moments where you're just like you are hitting it you just don't know how to craft it right and, and Lauren was like, if I saw you do that, I would jump on you because, you know, you've taught me what you know, and like, you could do better. And I was like, yeah. And then I start coaching him up the way, because like, you can only do so much, right? I coach candidates, but we were learning and I, and then he goes to his biggest announcement, his public one, and you see the video and he keeps getting better. And like, I think people have the wrong idea of Democrats in West Texas. But if someone's going to run, I want it to be someone like Gus, and I want it to be Gus. Now, it, you know, it, I'm not. I mean, he's young. It, it would could, could he be better the next time through? Could he continue to grow? Is he going to is he going to continue to serve Amarillo and the area regardless if he wins? Absolutely, right. Uh, and so because of that, this seemed like the right time. And also, on a personal level, like beyond Gus, like I'm so glad he stepped up. Because it, it, it is really, I mean, he is born and raised in Amarillo. He thinks about Amarillo. He didn't just come in from another district because he isn't in the Navy anymore and is endorsed by the president. You know what I'm saying? Like, that annoys me. I endorse, I mean, like, Gus is a great, is a good candidate on his own. A great guy. Continuing to become a great candidate, I think, will be a great representative for this area. It is a shame to me that... You know, and he's far more more qualified than Greg Sagan. Like he, the reason he was I met him in D.C. is because he was up there initially for the internship with uh, with with Mac Thornberry in his office, even though he was a Democrat. And then I saw him work in D.C. and try to learn and and, and and do startups and all sorts of stuff. Right? Like I watched the guy grow, and he's the best, most qualified person running on this ballot right now as a Democrat who's going to get the most done. Josh Weingartner's got a great reputation, got a great track record, but as uh, as Gus said at the end of that, um, nobody no nobody's their own man in the party of Trump, right? Josh is maybe the greatest guy in the whole world. How many Republicans are splitting from Trump, Darwin? A ton. Uh huh. A, a ton. ton, right? Yeah, a ton. And that's that's actually been the greatest thing about all of this. Like, I feel like we had this acrimonious primary between like the so called like. Like far left wing, you know, that was the Bernie Sanders movement, and then like the kind of like centrists, and I feel like now the 
like the, the Bernie Twitter is so up in flames about Biden, like fucking hate this guy. But it doesn't matter because Biden is fucking crushing Trump in all categories in every state that matters. And it's because Republicans and especially like older voters, like people like over the age of 65, it seems as though they're actually either tied or he's ahead or Biden's ahead slightly. And that's a category that Republicans usually win like 20 to one. That's why they win elections. Yeah, and, and, so if like, if, if they lose that category, they're fucking gone. There's a higher percentage <laughs> of, 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 of older men who are, who become more open to openness and new ideas than you expect. And those types of people really hate Trump because the people who like yes. any, any, any man over 40 who does any personal development work, cannot stand on a visceral level Trump because it's just so fucking un unaware. I mean, maybe it's aware and accepted, but oh, that's dark. Um, you know, like, but, 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 uh, but it's just such, it's, it's immature. It's stuff you you work on. I feel like any, any responsible person at like, like I feel like the far end of acceptable opinions is, well, we tried it out. Maybe it's good for us that we kind of got this good, close look at ourselves as like what type of a people we are. But now let's fucking stop this fucking game. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and that's how I feel about the Republican Party. I'm like, I don't what, care. Well, let's ask that question. One, like, said, like, what your ideas are. Get rid of Trump and then Darwin, we'll talk. Have they that's laid all themselves I have to say. the perfect and intentional, unintentional trap? So. They're literally trying to block the last bit of stimulus, right? You may say good or bad in the long term. I don't know, right? But in the short term, economic stimulus. No, you definitely need another right? stimulus. Okay, I, fine, I mean, fine, like, fine. Okay, like, I don't want. I, was, so I, I didn't know if you want to down. get that debate, right? I think you for sure need another stimulus. You need to restructure. Yeah, you shit. definitely need another stimulus. Like, <laughs> like, it's not. It's not even a stimulus. It's payment for people who are doing a national service. Like, you know, if, if we're staying in our houses, the government is this much in our lives. The government has to pay okay, for it. But, yeah, put it on the debt. Sorry. But that's, he's that's, running that's, on the economy, right, Darwin? And the Republican Party right now is literally trying to sabotage the short-term recovery on him with this by using their ideology, right? But listen, listen. The Republicans are actually onto something here. And I think that you got to really appreciate that before you really take the deep dive on this one. Like, reopening is is a good idea. It's something we all want. And if they become the party of okay, reopening, that's not, well, I, I agree. I think Democrats are reopening behind. too. I, I, I'm not, I, I think we are all, I think here's the thing. Democrats are accepted that like it's, it's Republicans in charge. So you can't trust the government to do it. So we're on our own. Good luck. Right. That's where I'm at. Like I, we need to reopen because people need to do their best. We need to see where we're actually at and we need to freaking assess properly because we aren't, and we it, the the idea of shelter in place is no longer sustainable. The idea of full open is also freaking stupid. Like, so you got to get better, but you're not going to have concerts this summer. You know what I mean? You're not going to have stuff like that until we get better. And, um, and and maybe we will. But that's just the thing. Like, what does like that, that's that, that what that's kind of what I was alluding to when I was saying like we're not going to have any new information. Like, when do concerts? So it's just like on a theoretical level. When do concerts suddenly become acceptable again? Like, like I'm talking people like you know in crowds, hugging, dancing, you know, grinding on each other. Who knows? You know, like it's it, it, this is this is what we're all 
craving on some level. Touch, connection. It, like, it, like Zoom calls aren't don't, cutting it for I me, man. I don't know I gotta have in person. Man is coming back for you. But <laughs> I've never been. I've never I, been. Okay, honestly, I, I, I wish I. I, I Gabe, you're asking <laughs> the toughest question. I don't know about. We're getting closer and closer. I can't stand being indoors. I'm playing tennis. I'm playing golf. You know, I saw my, we saw our parents, you know what I'm saying? Like they're just little slips are happening. It doesn't matter. Slips are happening. I walked into Sam's club. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, it's a, it's just it's all possible. I came to first class reels. I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. But I, I mean, I feel like there's also obviously to me, the thing that is jumping out is I'm sorry, the amount of meat that we're eating is definitely coming into focus as like a huge aspect of like that touches every every corner of this disease from its inception to how it's spreading to the fact that it seems to be disproportionately affecting people who are overweight who are overweight because of sugar and dairy and meat mostly I would say mostly uh, sugar it, it, like, mostly, mostly sugar on that of, the, of those Oh, because I oh, mostly no, no, no. It's and really... don't cut sugar, and I'm not overweight. So you know, you do you. Yeah, but 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 Texas is is I think the most right, overweight when you add state sugar to uh, that, or something when like you that. Add most when you add a lot of sugar to that, it's it it becomes a major major problem. Like you're never Let going to convince Let me, me ask that you. clean protein from animal sources is a bad health. Let me ask thing. you, Matt. Let me ask you, Matt. You 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 haven't had any like flashes of thoughts in the past couple of months of like God, you know. This practice we have of just like locking animals up into these cages and doing that only for my daily consumption, like you don't think that that's some sort of karma that's going to come back on you? This seems like the very karma that would come back on you from doing that because obviously this this uh, originated in a wet market. You know, bird flu originates in populations of poultry. Like this is this is a manifestation I of hope the karma the souls of meat. all the bunnies that grind up in every thresher that you have for all your your plants that you eat all day long because that also happens with the giant combines and no, things no, 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 you, also like, this, this isn't about you, making sir. you defensive like, there is no thing there is no nothing that gets off this world without death i hate the way it's done i think you need sustainable farming i think you need large areas of roaming land to allow it to break up and to allow carbon capture from those types of bison and from herds like that's how you do this i hate the way it is done now it has to be fixed but well let me ask you let me ask you seriously seriously like this isn't about this isn't about making you defensive either like it's not my intention to do that it's more of a like I think it's hard to engage on this philosophical. No, you, what you said was emotion. When you bring the soul and karma into it, that is an emotional argument. Well, yeah, yeah, but 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 but, but I want these emotions to just be right. to what be if, gradients. I don't want. I'm not trying souls. to. What if like there's consciousness to plants that you are killing? I think that there's, there's the relationship we have to animals is. Is something that we should really take a look at in this moment, and it's it's tied to everything. It's tied to absolutely everything. Uh, you know, like inequality to this pandemic to global warming. Very importantly, 
to uh, just you know just, like just, just, just mostly again like just, to ethics. Just a quick question: On the side of your hammer, does it say vegan? Because like everything's a nail for you, buddy. Like I, I see, like literally as you're saying it, it all ties back to this. It may have some aspects of this into it, like, but like just because we have bad factory farming doesn't but make I, this I, the thing. Like it, like, I us being overweight like, is what, a problem. What? All of it's a problem. Our consumerism is because a problem. The, the, uh, you know. This ties to the conversation we were having earlier, though, right? The conversation of shame. Right. And I, I think that, that, that I, I, I perceive that I've made you defensive, and I, it's not my intention to, to do that. I'm, I'm not trying to... It's because you've climbed... To, I'm not trying to hammer no, 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 you. I'm, you. I am trying to make a connection. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to make a connection. And, and, and it is a connection that exists, whether you like it or not. It is a connection that exists. And so all I want to do is note that I think that our combined like shame crisis is directly connected to our inability to confront our specific relationship to animals. Because I, I think it's something that we really really need to talk about because what's happening in those factories just the entire relationship that we have to animals is something that almost none of us would be okay with if we witnessed it let me be very clear my emotional response is to anyone believing they're as certain as darwin is coming off right now and that is everyone's emotional response to veganism it is not about like me loving why do you think i'm coming across as certain because of everything playback when you listen to this everything you said about why we are here and every time you've ever spoken to a vegan the level of certainty comes off as more certain than us wearing masks you know like that's my thing man okay so 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 allow me to be uncertain then but i'm still going to bring the conversation to you it's not my intention to again like like bludgeon you it's just to say i i I think that it's hard to have this conversation because there's so much possible shame tied to it well and i think that's the like that's really the like i'm only interested really in the emotional conversation i mean there's shame, but the whole system is shame. It doesn't matter. You're picking a lot. That, again, this is the, the reason the system defends itself, period, from all angles. Because is factory farming an abomination? Absolutely. It's one of a hundred abominations in the system, Darwin. And what we all kind of work for are different parts of the abomination. And when... But and I, like think, I think that, that what, the, the, the emotion you're saying right now is, is not an accurate like emotional response, I think. Because I think that... It is intuitive to put animals at the bottom of the list, right? There's all sorts they're of other things we need to work on. And well, okay, but low no, on not. the list. They're let's not. say you. Well, you you said there's a hundred things to work on. Okay, so it sounds like they're not ranked first on your no, list. No, they're not is, ranked number one. They is, are absolutely not ranked number one. Okay, so humans number one. That I think is, one. is an intuitive. Well, well, okay, actually, but that, that I think humans is number t- one. How they fit into the entire system, which includes Listen animals, number two. I, he, 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 it's an intuitive response, but I think it's missing the point. Okay. That's all. My my perspective is that one flows into the other. It's not a zero sum game. Like we cannot solve the way we are treating other humans if we do not first confront what we are doing every single day, and that is feeding quite literally off of the suffering of entities that are highly advanced intellectually in ways that if you've ever had a pet, like, you know that animals have experiences that, you know, maybe you don't believe that they have a soul or something, but, but you still probably wouldn't be okay with the way we treat these animals. And it is something that if we stopped, 
we would solve like six other issues, maybe not completely, but it would almost certainly be better on all the cases, like on all is the other issues that we, that to, we deal with. To, is, okay, now my question is, is there a way in which humans could raise beef for consumption that would be ethical to you on a mass scale? Not necessarily. So if you know, there's no way to solve that problem because I think people need protein because well, per, again, because like, per I'm, pound, I'm, per efficiency of meat per animal per soul killed, fucking beef are the most, or pretty close to the most efficient. Way more efficient than chicken. Way more efficient than beef. Like you want to talk about terrible amounts of death and bad lives, chickens. That's even far worse than beef because you can actually because a lot of cows get to be raised, they get to they get to roam for most of their life, they get to be out, and then they get and then terrible. They get put to a house, they get confined, and that's where they die. And that is the worst well, yeah, part of look, it. Look, I, I I encourage you. Like it's it. You know, I am a, a vegan and a libertarian. They, the the two philosophies overlap in different ways than it does for somebody who's maybe a liberal or leftist. I, I, uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so, you know, you mentioned that, you know, industrial vegetable agriculture ropes in plenty of animal lives as well. Rabbits, bees, another one, you know, like we, we, so what, there, there is a gradient of ethics that 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 is, is unclear. It's worse than that. What? What's worse than that about our, 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 our actual agriculture on the, on the, on that level is it's monocropping in single areas, soulless entities of lettuces and everything else, and even trees, when every single one of those animals, of those of those plants, is meant to be part of a, essentially a network and an ecosystem of, of 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 plants inside of a forest or an entire system that works, and it's meant to communicate with other plants like it, and it's meant to talk. And like when we plant rows of trees in places that are disconnected, they don't speak. They're like mute, terrible things. And yes, that's all supposed to work. So when I hear about you cry, and this is why it's emotional for me, because this is literally how I view it, man. When I view, when I hear you cry about the way the the uh, the the beef is treated, because I do like beef a lot, I, I'm like, it is all of the things are treated like this, and and like. It is just so, and yes, it is a bigger problem, but I do not see, I don't see pushing here as the linchpin, the way you do. Well, um, I would say to you that you're allowed to have that, those feelings, and it's not really, it's not really my intention to come in here with ethical certainty, lay it at your feet, and, and tell you to move along. It, it, that is not how I operate. But I do think that it is pretty self-explanatory at this point that you're giving a little short shrift to the exact magnitude of this issue. You know, it, because it, it gets shunted to the side. But I ask you, really, like, if there is one thing that we could do collectively, easily, tomorrow, as a species, letting these animals live different lives, better no. lives, is hard, clearly no. the right thing to do. No, I don't, I literally don't, Cle I clearly, don't agree. No, no, because people clearly have the right to thing eat. to do. Like, no, until you have a way that sustainably feeds people, and like, not just you gave them food and calories, like, there's more to substance than all of that. Because you could just give them the calories. That's not how all this works. Do we need to change yes, the way I, I, we I, raise things for slaughter? Yes. Do we need to stop slaughtering animals? No. Does the word slaughter make you deeply uncomfortable, Darwin? Probably. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. 
Because when you because the thing is, we still need butchers. We need still need ranchers raising cattle and bringing them to local houses and not giant uh, slaughterhouses and not giant feedlots. We need we need large scale raised animals. And on top of that, our like giant prairie land needs those large four legged animals on top of it to break up the land itself so we can more carbon capture and get rain and continue these processes. But like that's not sure, how the sure, sure. is being allowed to work. And you're just saying, well, we're caging animals and torturing them. Well, we cage people and torture them with prisons and yes. borders and like so And I have I have for ten years said that our number one problem is mass incarceration. Right. And, so and this is I a natural extension of that. More sustainable beef that is more ethically raised as best I can. And that's how I look at it because I'm not going to stop eating meat because I do not see that as the answer. I get that, but I but you understand, right? That we that that we are torturing these animals, yes. and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't torture that animal yourself. You wouldn't inflict on the animal personally. No, what we're doing to it. No, so, I mean, but I also you, know that like it happened in the past, and I can't fix that. And so what I do is right. the next so, thing I do is, is that I make conscious consumerism my answer to this in what we have, which is to consume differently, not no meat, because I still want meat. You don't want meat at all, Darwin. So I have to purchase more ethically consumed meat to get what I want, or more ethically and more ethically produced meat. You want no meat at all, so that would mean just not buying meat. And we want different outcomes. And as a capitalist, consumer, libertarian philosophy, that's how we deal with it. Because I do not think it is unethical to raise and slaughter animals. I think there is nothing unethical in the world about that. I think it is actually part of what we do here. And even if we were just to go hunt them down and take them from the wild, we would have to do that because we are the apex predator slash controlling slash omnivore slash consciousness of this world and to not control all those populations consciously is fucking stupid and part of feeding our society is doing so better well look i agree that societies need protein so i i mean i i don't begrudge the leader who has to make that decision it being complicated i i i, I know how world is commerce the same works but, but I mean, I think it's complicated. You know, like I, I think it's it's again. I think everybody has a lot of ideas about nutrition. Um, again, but I, I think what that, would be better I for the earth right now? Ending commercial fishing and or ending commercial uh, like any com- overfishing in all of our oceans or ending ranching? I mean, I think. Do you have to choose? I mean, both. No, you have to feed. <laughs> you cannot end both at the same time. You have three ways of getting. Protein to uh, to people right now, and you're not going to kill them all at once. This is not how this is going to work. So you have well, to choose. Th- 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 this is a good conversation. I, I honestly am curious about that. I, I think you. I, I think you I, saved I, the You seem to be first. getting a little defensive, but I. But I'm, the fact I'm you have even fucking in... thought about that means it's why it frustrates me, man. Because it's why people get frustrated with socialists. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? Sorry, what no, is, man, it's like I'm playing. It's entertainment, Darwin. Let me entertain. I'm not actually that angry. All right. Okay. Like, it's right. why people get mad at socialists <laughs> or anybody else. It's because, like, that's I've been thinking about all of that sort of stuff. It's like there's a hierarchy of animal protein. There's a hierarchy of understanding of what we have to take out. Each protein is affecting ecosystems absolutely differently, right? And we still have to feed the six to, six plus billion people on the earth. So if you want to begin to do it, which legs do you begin to attack first? How do you attack them? You can't do it all at once. You shouldn't do it all at once. You have to transition. And the way you do one... And the way you ethically transition one would begin to do the rest of it. So when I, so like I, I, all I hear from you is a deeply idealistic goal that maybe 
on some level good. I see. It's like it's literally like Bernie Sanders. You are the Bernie Sanders of veganism to me, and I guess that's why upset. That's why it sometimes annoys me. Well, I, I I wonder if you're not projecting a little bit of that. You know, like I I, I do have that's an idealism in my mind. I mean, I'm being yeah, extra okay, about sure. all this, but. That that type of <laughs> veganism, I'm saying you for all vegans, and yes, I'm projecting you and okay. all vegans, but I do think much of your conversation would fall into, uh, if we blind stereotype before you said any of it, what people might think you were going to say. Um, Some of it. Well, I think it would... I think it would more accurately be the reverse because one of my one of one of my most consistent I would honestly when you listen back to it I, I just want you to keep this in mind one of my most consistent experiences as a vegan is that people launch into monologues at me I know. and I feel like what happened is I mentioned animals and you launched into a defensive monologue toward right, because me as, and I don't think I I don't think I brought any of that into because the conversation. you're not I think the first you, vegan I've met Darwin. There have been know, so many vegans some, before you who have ruined it. Some vegans are genuinely annoying. And, you, and I'm sorry, Darwin. You, and again, if you want to fix it, you got to fix it. And so I'm sorry that the baggage comes to you. But you decided well, to okay. grab the cross like Jesus Christ and bear it, sir. So fucking bear it, yeah. okay? Don't be mad that like people are mad. I'm not I'm mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> but seriously, I I, right. I I I do think that that is all. Like that is one way to kind of tackle it. Like like okay, if you dismantled the whole thing at once, how would you do it? Right? There's the logistics. Am I required to have an answer to that? I don't think so. But I think that it's worth considering. And like I said, and I've said many times, there are ethical gray areas. Like it's, once you actually do take a dive into veganism, there is no like, floor. You can, you can, there is always a deeper level you can go to at some point it becomes ridiculous. And I think that the, the, the individualist in me says like our own personal relationship with animals is always going to be complex and it's going to involve killing some of them. Like if you kill, like I killed a bug today, I think, you know, or, or, or yesterday, there's, there, there are gray areas. I think that the, the interesting conversation that I think is yeah, question. If we went- the reason I brought it up, the reason I brought it up now is I think there is one aspect of this that is rather clear and clear cut, and that is factory farming of animals. Fair, and fair, I, I fair, think there fair, is fair. There, there are a lot of real consequences to ending that, which is, number one, and you mentioned it, we probably wouldn't bring it, be able to bring meat to everybody's table. No, we actually could. At, at, at the you same level. You actually could. But you possibly. would just change the way you did it. You would, Cowspiracy thinks we couldn't, but maybe I maybe again, wrong, if you don't you know? want the outcome, you will never <laughs> find it. Like, it's like saying, like, like, again, you know what people want more than you want to not have meat in the world? They want meat. And they will find a way to do it. And people don't want torture. So I, like, I just think we're we're addicted to it. You know, like I think we're addicted to it the same way for the same reasons that we're addicted to sugar. It was really good because we got it in small quantities when we first evolved to like it. But now we've decided we've learned that having too much of it is a bitch. So I feel like that's kind of what what I'm trying to bring in is we're addicted to meat, and not only meat, right. but dairy, yeah. which is honestly. More ethically bad to me because the way we torture cows I would, to I do would it. With, and, okay, here's, I would definitely agree with. I would definitely agree with both of those <laughs> those points, right? But I also literally do have a hierarchy of torture and scale of torture in my mind for all of this, which I have actually graded out, right? And it literally sure. is: chickens get tortured the worst because they have the most consciousness per pound. <laughs> then it's fish, and they might not feel a lot sometimes. They're small. And it takes a ton out of the ocean, 
or mm-hmm. they're monocropped yeah. and they're you have to kill a ton of them to feed anybody. And then it is cows who do actually just have to be it is dairy cows. It is purely it is it is it is dairy mm-hmm. cows yeah. absolutely. Yes. And then it is uh corn finished cows in factory farms. And then mm-hmm. at the top yeah. and at the best list it is grass fed um and as limited finishing as possible for the slaughterhouse. And like I try yeah. to and get that, that, to that <laughs> point as and the thing is per pound fed per person that is the most efficient. Like uh, even just for animal because it's just the number of pounds on a on a, on a, on, a, on a cow. I I think that like I, I, sure and and I I don't know the logistics on on that last statement. It seems a little skeptical. I'm I'm a little skeptical that it's more efficient. It seems like the whole purpose of factory farming is that it is more efficient to bring, you know, protein. No, per, you no, know, no, like no, I, no, no, no. I don't think you're going to get more efficient per pound once you do fewer factory and slower finishing and different schedule finishing, right? I don't think, but by the way, I don't think there's any way you're going, you are going to have to kill them at scale. That's just going to happen, Darwin. That has to happen. So the question is, how do you make sure. that as little torture as possible? And people like Temple well, but this, Brandon this is where, uh, would be people to look at for something like that to some degree. Well, okay, but th- this is where I think that, like, the, the, the individualist, like, the libertarian, the localist in me is kind of, like, uh, th- there is a, a, a path out of this that I think is very much, like, what I would see as, like, a, a, a very good utopian solution, at least compared to now, is that, you know, like, you talk about going out and hunt, you know, like, hunt your own food, okay. you know, like, like, That's so like, not actually, sustainable on like, the scale. Well, okay, but, but, but I'm just saying, also, like, Darwin, you don't want that. You, I mean, like, I want people the hunting, amount of, but we, we have to, I, I, I'm just saying, like, the amount of karma, I just th- want to leave you this, the amount of karma that you're eating in every burger is just so much larger than you, than you're appreciating. I think, I think the think same is fucking absolutely true of every single, like, morsel of every single lettuce you bite into, I genuinely do, because I think that plants have consciousness in this world. I just do. Like I, I don't think I think that that's like this. I think that's why it bugs me is because I actually legitimately think the way you view that is a false view between plants and animals, and I, and I think it's just that's actually a misunderstanding of how the of, of us as I think you're not giving plants enough credit, and you're overvaluing and under misunderstanding animals. I'm not giving plants yes, enough Yes, you think credit. you're getting off karmically scot-free because you're torturing plants and killing plants. Okay, I want you to hear what you just said and then play back the tape okay. to what I said earlier. Comparatively which is that to I me, say comparatively to say, you think my karma is eating, is eating beef, and that may be true. And if that is true, then under that, under my understanding of the world, given what you've told me, your karma for eating plants would be equal because of my understanding of their consciousness and how it should be done. Like, I think all of the factory farming around plants is really bad. I think all the monocropping is really bad. So your defense is that you think plants have the same amount of consciousness as animals. I think the system of plants, yes, do have the same amount of consciousness as plants. And maybe you can't say every ear of corn does, but like it does matter to the system, the way those things are done. And that yes. And on top of that, if I want to just be crass, you are killing things when you like drying them up. Like we actually go through the big threshers. Well, that is certainly an interesting part of the conversation. But like, if you look at like um, the way again, <laughs> trees, all of these things work together. Like, if you do these giant orchards, you're creating like for, for for fruits, you're creating these disconnected weird. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Lofton 
feels for the food. I do. I, 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 okay, read the world. Like, there's literally underground web for animal. Like for this is a pretty epic defense. Like I just, I gotta hand it to you. You're going. I'm trying to tell you. Like again, like, I wish I could down. tell you. Like I'm like, I don't. I like. I asked my boys. They're like, no, no. This the the, the the understanding of consciousness and what we're torturing or living through or, or, or dealing with. I think is just deeper than animals. I agree. And so, yes. so well, that's what yeah. it is deeper, but. But also, you said humanity first earlier in this yeah, conversation. I think we have to. I, I think we maybe. can. I don't know. We can rather clearly put animals above plants. And failing that, just think about mammals, because to the extent that science, it's all let's say, it's not, it shouldn't be higher. That you're talking about it's consciousness. Yeah, it's a cycle. It's a system. It really sucks to be the cow in the factory in that cycle. Like I was just saying, that's a cycle it you sucks really to be do the not human want. In a lot of parts of the cycle too. <laughs> it sucks to be existence. Like existence is suffering for all things. Like Darwin, that's what I also really bugs me about veganism. Yeah, but also like, so why why do anything because ethically correct in the first place? And beauty in the same time, right? You know, like most deer just die of starvation. Like this is a, it's not, it's not like, they, like, yeah. it's, like the wild is terrible. So mm-hmm. like, I don't see this, like, I, I, this is why, I guess it's why it is emotional because it feels like you're guilt okay. me over something that is like a point on a We go wheel. back, we go back to Batman. You're right. The wild is terrible to animals, but th- Batman's philosophy is not that. There is there is no equality between evil happening and himself committing evil, like the same amount of evil. He cannot commit evil, no matter um, what the what like. So he cannot commit one. I also don't believe it to save like evil. an entire. Ship. I also don't believe it. I don't believe it's evil. I don't believe so, that the system is consciously evil. I think the system has emerged into an evil system we have to deal with, and there's a very big difference. Well, but the, but this is me dealing with it. And and this is my response to it is like actually you, you just don't want it to exist is, and it's not practical. It. It's not practical. No, it is to deal with it. I've given you my solution, which is to change the system by conscious consumerism, which has worked time and time again, generally better than other stuff. But that's just the thing: is conscious consumerism is synonymous with being vegan. There's yeah, but it, again, there's a better way to do it and still want meat. You just don't want meat at all. I'm happy for you to do it. I don't want the same market outcome. Okay, but also you give me a moral guilt trip about it, and so, or you being all veganism because I and, I and I don't think it's and I've as I've intellectually understood it and I've explained it here, I don't think it's even justifiable, um, in my opinion. And I, I, I mean, like, I understand where you're coming from. You're not quoting me things that aren't true. I just think in the broader context. It's not justifiable to me, and and, and what I'm talking, and what I'm understanding of the world. What's not justifiable? Giving up meat, not changing the system as it is. Like, like there is, there are so many moments of individual torture in the system that me that that, of all. Okay, name another one. Name another one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, borders, I'm very anti-mass incarceration. Um, there's just so many, like some of the average workday for some people is something like again. There is no one who gets out of it, and there's no thing that gets out of it without suffering. It's weird, but it's a giant it, suffering. Th- th- this is also it's it's this is why sometimes it's really helpful to have conversations about rights. Okay, and so we think about like these universal human rights, like the right to a fair trial, the right to free speech, the right to you know free assembly. Um, you know, like this is the whole concept of America and constitution. I, I think that this flows quite naturally into this, which is 
to say we are a society that has somehow navigated to like we're like let's just say we're waking up in this society in which we have a whole bunch of things in cages and we seem to not be linking any like the immigration prison crisis and factory farming like th- like all of those things uh, like I, different people care I about totally and i like uh, what i suggest to you is that this is a society that should genuinely wake up and start admitting to ourselves that when we are consuming it's not that you're consuming an animal it's that you're consuming a system right. that which is, is that is I pervasive buy and I it's buy, everywhere which is why i consume the way i consume meat and i suggest and i advocate for conscious meat consumers i don't really eat much chicken if i can help it because there aren't that many places i've found that do ethical chicken raising like you know there are some but like again i go beef right. because i think that even at its worst it's better than the other systems and there is better ways to mm-hmm. do it better than the other systems. And the lives that the beef get to live is longer than almost all the other types of cows, especially when it's, you know, done properly. So like, yeah, dude, I think about all that and I still eat meat mm-hmm. because from, from ash well, to and, ash and is I'm going to shock you. I do, I do make occasional exceptions every, every year or so. Yeah. I don't know if you, I'm sure you might totally get it up. You're still from Texas. No, it was just a couple of years ago, but but no, you know, like if it, it, in very rare occasions, I'll 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 uh, you know, a guy uh, had shot an elk, and I tried that, oh. you know, like in in Colorado, you know, like so, yeah, to me, like you you go out and hunt your 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 meat, like I, on a certain level, also, like you know, I I I don't know how I feel about that. Like a lot of these are unknowns, ethical gray areas. I'm all for hunting, by the way. I'm forth. really all for hunting. You I've know? just never seen it as a sustainable scale solution. Um, for this number of people, sure, right, yeah, it's kind of a, 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 a passing. Uh, what what is it? Uh, just an activity, right? Um, but wait, wait um, question now. Question you know, now. What if we yeah. went to large scale insect farming for our protein? Possibly, but is you that know, because, more? But is and, that and more moral? Well, here's here's the thing. Like you know, maybe I care about certain animals more than okay, others. Okay, well then that's the fuck. That's my thing. Is like. I think it's all matters. And I think that's the truth of it. And so like, yeah. Yeah. And like, so I don't think that like there, I, I think that the hierarchy is false. And instead it's a wheel that works together. So when I see us wanting to end factory farming, I don't see us wanting to not kill animals. I see us wanting to have them live better lives before they die. And I see us because we're still going to have to feed people yeah. who eventually like, just, die. Just have an emotional understanding that a life was sacrificed. Like I feel like even if you choose to do it, that like just knowing that a life was sacrificed for your meal, I literally is put a itself, cross like, just like a in every single for... hamburger patty for Jesus and the cow <laughs> both t- every time. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, it's just it's just clear that that is that that's like the elephant in the room, right? You know, like it, it because obviously it's very emotional. It's a very like like cuisine. Like oh, I forgot, food I forgot pork. Deeply... By the way, I forgot pork, which is a whole different question. Yes, because I forget I mean, about that because that, that is actually that is closer to beef per pound. But when you get it to that level, it's like torturing that freaking pig. But Darwin, when pigs are loose mm-hmm. in the wild, they're terrible. Like they're yeah. they're not meant to right. be loose I know, in the wild. I know. Like, so. I know. So, right? like, you so tell me, again, like, yeah, if if you have to cull the the, the pig population because it's out there eating all the vegetables, then I, I, I sure, like, I, I I'm not pretending that that not those ethical gray situations it's not just don't all the exist. Vegetables, like freaking dang near murders people, like runs them over and stuff. Like, I guess, yeah, like, <laughs> like I like, trampling over some some of your petunias, you know, don't doesn't really worry me as much as like 
<laughs> like no, the, like again. Um, but if you talk about intelligence wise, pigs are incredibly intelligent. But it, it all comes back, I think, to bandwidth that I think that we've all been really confronted with during COVID. Like a lot of bad shit in the world. You only have so much bandwidth. What if we all had to, to go out and shoot the cow ourselves? Care. And I think the problem is like we're all feeling like bandwidth depleted at this moment, right? Yeah, I like, think so. I, I think that and I think that part of the part of bandwidth depletion is not just a lack of time, it's also a lack of purpose. And I think that understanding uh, the clear action here is is a good purpose. An understanding of getting everybody out of cages as fast as possible is a clear moral purpose for the human race that su- supersedes every other purpose it, in, Darwin, in many ways. And it happens to just coincide with saving the planet on global warming and, uh, um, you know, just generally speaking, just letting that, letting ourselves just take on that emotion. Cause I think it's, it's so much emotion to take on. You're not even necessarily <laughs> wrong. It's just, I think you're exposing me. Sometimes what I expose in you, which is you're like, we call it contrarianism. Sometimes, and sometimes it's contrarianism, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like it, it, it's it's this deep like I just I I I, I don't know like it just yeah it's it's like <laughs> I don't know man like it's it's one answer I, I, yeah I had more there but no like you're it's it's not <laughs> maybe you're correct yeah but I, I mean don't think like it's but, right. I, but I think I think the 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 whole purpose though should be to just sit in the unknown like. You oh, talk yeah, about I mean, the unknown of, That's of the it. future. Like, like I, I, I want to sit in the unknown of of what your ethical standards are here. Like, maybe you think it's okay to torture certain animals and not others, or not. No, like, I've like, literally, I've literally, like, but I've, I've for tried that to, uncertainty I've thought it through. to be just, you know, I, like, like for for me to allow your journey to exist and and for that cool. to be okay, and also right. just to say, just from an advocacy standpoint, there's a clear purpose, there's a clear direction, there's a clear and obvious action. That we can take that is no because we see different just obvious we, we, like we can agree on like you want China to shut down its wet markets but you don't want us to shut down our factory farms. I didn't say I want you China know, to shut down the wet markets. I'm not you like the proverbial you. The proverbial I'm not even you. sure like you I know mean, look again like again it's funny because it's like the elites who buy from a lot of those worst places in China like they get the crazy you know <laughs> meats from, like it's an exotic sure obviously. yeah um okay well you know. On that note, yeah, no, what I was going to say before I close out was like, I'm, you, when either of us sound like an absolutist on something or certain, it triggers the other one to be like, fuck that noise. They can't, they're not, they're just not right. <laughs> they're just like, there's no chance they're complete, you know? And so I like, so I, the only thing I'm absolutely sure of is that nothing is absolute and that is its own problem in and of itself, right? You know, we, the only Completely we know, agreed on The that. only thing we can know is we know absolutely nothing. So on that, we're all Jon Snow. It's winter. Maybe we'll get to see summer. I don't know. Okay. Lofty Darwinism. 